people that haven't heard about lab-grown diamonds or really don't know what they are, are, are really stuck in an old mindset. And, and you know what? This is one of those product categories where monthly the yes. numbers are changing. Laboratory-grown diamond or a created diamond is uh, chemically, physically, optically, atomically the same as the diamond mined from the earth. Hello, Emily. How's your week been? Yeah, it, it has been really busy. We, we're encouraging people to make appointments to come in because obviously we can only have sort of one household in the store at a time um, because it's quite a small space. And so we are generally full appointment-wise, especially at the weekends and especially certain times of the day. Um, and that sort of split between people getting pierced uh, and bespoke as well and people just wanting to come and look at the jewels. So with bespoke, it's it's been really good. Have you seen anyone in person yet to, to work on anything bespoke since we reopened? Um, we've had quite a lot of appointments. I think a lot of people, there was quite a few people that kind of contacted us regarding engagement rings when we were still closed and they really wanted to come in when we reopened. So we're sort of still seeing a lot of those people. And then also the great thing about being reopened is, you know, quite often if it's the guy proposing and the girl's not gotten any clue about it and it's a surprise, he doesn't always know the ring size or quite often we'll have no idea about the ring size. So it's quite nice because we're now getting people coming back. And acting a- acting strangely because they haven't they haven't talked to anybody in person in, in a year or whatever. <laughs> yeah, we had one guy and he was like, oh, I can't wait to, you can, because I sort of offered them a drink and stuff. You know, we offered them a bit of Prosecco or whatever. And he was just like, oh, you know, it'd be nice. He goes, well, it's nice to meet you in person instead of on the computer. He went, however, next time I hope I can see your face. <laughs> so, right. Yeah, that was quite funny. Poor Emily Newman, our brand's lead designer, forced scrambling into recording an interview with me. Well, as you can hear, It's nothing if not a hectic return to socially distance in-store appointments at the flagship London Larkinberry shop after, gosh, at least a year now of worldwide lockdowns in major cities across the world. I wanted to hear how things were going, and I wanted to learn more about our bespoke design program, which has seen a rise for us as of late in sales. It's definitely been a driving force for the brand during the pandemic. Even before the pandemic, our bespoke pieces have made headlines all over the world from having been worn on red carpets at all sorts of gala events. But first, I wanted to know how Emily came to be head of design at Larkin Berry. And I always want to know how anyone first came to learn of cultured diamonds. Well, tell me tell me a little about your approach to design and, and how it might be different. I mean, did you start just doing art and then, and then you got into graphic design? And how, how did you find your way into designing jewelry and how do you go about it? Um, I went a bit of a backwards way in, in some aspects because I... I sort of dropped out of A-levels and then went and worked in a a wedding dress shop. (laughs) But the girl that I worked with, she actually made and designed the dresses. And I started making the tiaras and making the veils to go with them because it was a very quiet shop there. We had nothing to do. But I really enjoyed it. And um, that really encouraged me to actually, I knew that I always knew that I wanted to do something creative. I always wanted to do something with art and design that I just didn't know what and I didn't really know how to go about it so to speak and so from there I went and did a foundation um and in my foundation the one thing that really stood out was my 3D work um I'd make all these crazy models 
that were a bit mental think looking back on it I think <laughs> I made a wave that went over someone's head and like right. it was all kind of wearable 3D like sculpture um and a lot of it I was always really drawn to things having meaning as well so I did this whole project on these 3D pieces of jewelry really or pieces that you could wear that actually really evoked emotions or when you saw it would evoke a feeling and that was really cool and yeah everyone sort of really thought that my natural my natural talent laid in 3D design because I think originally I thought I wanted to do something more fashion-based but actually when I went to college I realized that actually wasn't really for me it was more it was more the 3D stuff and obviously doing jewelry you've kind of got the best of both worlds because it's 3D fashion isn't it yeah, and am I correct that designing the process of designing a piece and and getting it actually made into a tangible piece in reality is is probably more commonly uh, split between at least two people, right? Because somebody's sort of designing the jewelry on on paper or, or so to speak, and then somebody else that really knows all the technical specs and and the math to kind of bring it to life has to sort of take the ball from there and run with it but you I, as far as I understand you do you can do both right yeah so I I did a H&D at the Birmingham School of Jewelry back in 2002 and the way that you learn is you learn on the bench so you'll be told here's a technique here's how to do it now go and design something using that technique and you know make a finished piece so that was really a brilliant skill to learn because I know how to make things on the bench I also did CAD and 3D design so I understand how CAD modeling works I've got a really good overall knowledge of all the different aspects and if you did um, a BA what I found because one of my friends did the BA in jewelry and they weren't taught the techniques because it was all about the design and having these really amazing elaborate designs but when it came to making them they would all come unstuck because they hadn't been taught how to actually make something. And sometimes it was impossible to make because there's parameters, you know, you've got metal has different parameters, the stones, you've got to be careful of certain aspects. So I've got a great knowledge of all those different things. Um, I know I've spoken to workshops previously and they've always assumed that designers are almost a bit airy-fairy, I guess, and are a bit dismissive. And then when they realize that actually I can do it on the bench. I can do 3D pads and stuff. I get a lot more respect from them as well because they know that I'm, I know what I'm talking about. They can't just kind of fob me off. <laughs> Not that obviously anyone we work with would do that, but right. like for previous. And there you have it. In the pot stirred design skills, aptitude at the arts, and natural ability at maths. You're working up a recipe for a great jewelry designer. One who not only has the artistic inspiration and acumen to sketch a design, but someone who can also bring it to life in glorious 3D with all the sizes and specs to get a piece modeled. One step closer to being your dream piece come to life. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. So when I started here in 2019, when the store was relatively new, also the brand, I had a lot of people coming in just to see what a cultural diamond is. How does it look like? Is it real? 
How can you tell if it's a real diamond and all of that? That's Svetlana Harristova, our worldwide head of retail. I'm having her interject here, as it were, because she's a key component in creating a Larkin Berry bespoke piece. She's often the first to field the requests before they reach Emily for design. And there's a lot to consider and suss out with creating jewelry, because the sky's the limit. We can do pretty much any piece you want with any stones, cultured stones, that is, which of course is always key with Lark and Barry. They're the same as mine stones, just guaranteed every time without any potential for conflict. And they're so much more environmentally sustainable. It's just a mind blowing thing to wrap your head around. I know it was for me. There's no mining with cultured. These stones are all created in labs and are absolutely every bit as pristine as mine ones. And since Larkinberry's launch, people have had questions about our stones. And, well, Svet is the one to answer those questions. So people have concerns about spending quite a huge amount of money for a ring of any bespoke piece. And they just want to make sure they will get um, a diamond with a certificate something real, something that will last. We explain to them they are certified the exact same way, like um, a mine diamond, the hardness is the same, gravity is the same, pretty much everything is the same. It's just the way they've been sourced is different, is sustainable, and it's better for the environment. What was your personal introduction to lab-grown Were you and cultured? Were you aware of it uh, before Larkin Berry? How did you find out about it? Uh, not really. It was something new for, for me as well because during my whole career in, in jewelry, I only work with mine stones uh. and diamonds. So I had to do my own research. For me, the most important thing was to actually see the diamonds in the jewelry for myself to convince myself first that this is the real deal, to see that they also cer- certified with GIA, IGI, etc. So once I saw this, I was absolutely blown away that, yes, it is the exact same. And uh, to be fair, for the last 18 months, even more than that, I barely have anyone coming into the store or actually inquiring online what a culture diamond is. I think people um, already know what that is and they're actually calling us and getting in touch with us because of that reason, because they want to, we can guarantee the diamond's going to be cultured. they absolutely happy with it and go. Um, and we close the sale. It's nothing short of amazing that so many have learned about cultured diamonds since Larkin Berry launched in 2018. Nothing short of encouraging, as Svet said, that we're having to tell less and less people what culture diamonds are. They're coming to us for them. But the job of educating everyone on culture diamonds is far from done. It's part of what we're doing with this podcast. And just to reiterate, because I don't think I have enough in past episodes, Larkin Berry isn't just about culture diamonds. Every stone used in luxury jewelry can be cultured now. Diamonds are still the most go-to gemstone sought for wedding bands. But getting back to Emily Newman now, who designs our bespoke pieces with customers, we're starting to see people seek out emeralds, sapphires, different colors. The sky is really the limit when designing your dream piece from scratch, even if it's for an engagement piece. 
you can get as unique as you want to really express yourself. But yeah, besides being into the sustainable aspect, why do you think they're seeking out the bespoke process? Do you think that is there are they attracted to maybe having you design something that's going to save them money in the long run, or or what do you what do you think is the draw there? I think it's more to do with the uniqueness because I mean the one thing the way that we design the way that we do bespoke is slightly different to the normal model that most jewelers would do. So most jewelers would have a range of different styles of settings, different styles of bands. And they'd put the two together. So you'd pick your setting, whether you wanted four claw or six claw or, you know, stone shape. And then you'll just pick a band of, you know, different stars. Has it got a bridge? Has it, you know, how wide it is, the different shape profiles. And they would just combine things that were existing. Whereas we don't do that. We completely make a whole ring from scratch. So so they, they show you an example and whether it's, you know, a drawing they have or an inspiration board, like a mood board, like you were saying, or they show you a, 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 an existing piece they like and say, maybe I want something kind of like this. And then, and then, so you guys discuss that. And then, and then obviously the next step has to be. Yeah. So well, I'll just take all their comments on board and all, I mean, I've even sort of shown people other things that I think they might be interested in, even if it's not something we've discussed, which, I mean, I did that actually last week with the customer um, because she was going, she 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 was one of the customers that had never worn jewellery before because of the negative um, implications. But obviously with our jewellery, uh, with the gold being recycled and the diamonds being um, lab grown, they're sustainable. So there's no no worries about where things have come from, so to speak. But she she had no idea what she wanted and she had no idea what would suit her. So she tried on a few things. Um, we went through a few styles. She had looked at other jewellery and she sort of showed me a few pictures. But from that, I did a couple of designs based on what we discussed. One was based on some samples that we had here that she liked. Another was based on the ring that she'd seen elsewhere that she liked the idea of. And then the third one was actually you know, from me having a chat with her and from from seeing other things that she kind of liked the style of, I sent her some other images that I was like, actually, I think you might like this as well. And those were actually her preferred ones. So that was really nice. I think we've been doing a lot of the bespoke remotely recently because of obviously lockdown and stuff, but um, yeah. which is fine. And it's it's worked really well. It's worked really well. And I think because obviously it's quite good in some ways to do things remotely because then I'm sending people images that they're commenting on and that is helpful to have all the notes there. Whereas if you're in a conversation with someone, sometimes things get missed, don't, doesn't it? But it's nice meeting someone for the first time to go through it because I think by meeting someone in person, you get a better gauge of their style and their, their personality. So you can kind of put that into the piece as well. So what, so, so you mentioned, um, you mentioned that that the a person you recently made something for they they wanted a kind of a classic solitaire piece and and that's sort of like what we're all picturing in our mind as being a typical engagement ring with either white gold or yellow gold and and a diamond a classically cut diamond what what are some what are some more adventurous uh colored stones or or cuts that you're that you're seeing people get into We've, there's been a massive trend for clusterings and offset clusterings so things that are asymmetrical um, we've been seeing that a lot, actually. And also, I mean, one of the first things that we did 
we did this beautiful big oval stone, but the band was really wide. The, um, the girl wanted like almost like a signet style ring, to be honest, but decided that actually she wasn't sure that that was right because it didn't look, because originally she was going to go for something more classic. And then she sort of said she likes chunky jewelry. So going for a standard solitaire ring wasn't really her style, but she did want it to be all about the diamond because they got the most amazing, beautiful diamond from us. Yeah. Um, so we ended up changing it and we made it so it was quite a wide band in the end, but the, the, the detail on the setting was really beautiful. And she was, she was really, really pleased with it. Um, we've done some, quite a few with coloured stones as well, actually, with sapphires in. Quite a few people opting for sapphires. And we've, we've had some, quite often people also want to just put maybe a birthstone in it or a stone with the favourite colour or something like that, just as an added extra detail as well. And we've, we've actually had someone design a ring, and this was quite cool. He wanted it, he had a very specific idea he wanted the claws to be their initials so that when you looked at the side profile of the ring, it was their initials on either side making oh, up the claws. Yeah. Yeah, so we've had some really cool ones. It's, it's been a real joy to work on, to be fair. Yeah. Well, you heard her. Bring us an existing ring. Bring us a mood board. Just show us who you are. And we can make a ring that's 100% you and far better for the planet than any jewelry that has to be mined. I've often been sent images for various Larkinberry writing tasks by Emily that are actually 3D renderings of jewelry we're working on for a customer or celebrity client. And I've done more than one double take, not even realizing initially it wasn't a picture of a real amazing ring she's created. But as it happens, Emily explains she wants to get the details even more nailed down and on point before the 3D phase, which is very late in the process. No, we, we leave that right to the end because that's quite, that's yeah. a really lengthy process doing the 3D render. So what we do is we actually just do, we do like 2D AI files or like just illustrations. So I'll do different views so they can see all the different views. But to be honest as well, um, with the 3D, you don't see because it's all shiny and stuff you don't see every tiny little detail so on the 2d i might even sometimes do line drawings so you can really see what the ring profile is going to look like what right. this is where the claws finish you know what does this what is the setting without the stone in it so that they can see how it all works and how it fits together because another element that i always like to point out to people is you have to remember how you're going to wear it you know if it's most people wear their engagement ring every day. So although some people like it to look very big or they want it to stand out quite a lot, that's from a practicality point of view, not always that comfortable. You need to, there's other elements I think sometimes people forget that I'll always like to point out as well. Yeah, maybe this is old fashioned or ignorant to even ask or assume. I, I was, so this, this, this woman you were talking about, she was getting married and she was handling the design of her own engagement ring. Is that typical or, or do you also you know, talk to the person's partner who's, who's, uh, who's getting, who's getting the ring for them in the first place. Is it supposed to be a surprise in, in some cases? Well, it depends. Yeah. I mean, a lot of them, we've couriered someone's ring to them today, which was a surprise. So he, he right. was, yeah, he was like, please make sure they call me. So my yeah. girlfriend doesn't answer the door and stuff. But yeah. Um, well, I, I just like, it's, it's funny to think about somebody like a guy that maybe doesn't know, 
I mean, he probably has an idea of what of what his uh, fiance will like, but is he? I, I can imagine maybe they're nervous about it turning out a certain way. I think, way or... yeah, I think the guys are quite nervous because also they want they want it to be perfect, and I think a lot of people also they get quite nervous that what if it's wrong? What if they don't like it? What can I do? Because obviously, as a bespoke piece, you know, you can't really return it. So, however, you, depending on depending on how complicated it is and stuff. You know, obviously, we'd help out and do whatever we can. But, um, but yeah, I when it's a guy doing it and he's got no idea, I tend to try to ask them what the person's style is. You know, what? How do they dress? How if they got any other pieces that they wear? You know, are they are they showy? Do they like things that are quite a lot? You know, have a lot of stones or like flashy things, or are they quite understated? Because all those little aspects of their fashion and their day-to-day style will, will tell you what kind of ring, what style they'll want. The stakes are high enough when Emily and Savette are working to get someone's engagement piece just right. But what about when they're arranging for a celebrity or something like the Oscars televised to millions? Here's Svet again. We did have a piece at the Oscars a couple of years ago. Billy Porter had one of our uh, lovely necklaces made by um, Emily, designed by Emily. And um, we had a couple of pieces um, chosen by Kylie Minogue as well. Um, There are quite a few more. We are doing recently a bespoke piece for someone who is an actor in a future project that will be featured on Netflix. And yeah, we closed the sale last week. So he has ordered an engagement ring for his his, uh, fiance to be exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if we can't say who it is, then we'll we'll have to wait for the announcement. And until then, we'll just watch. Wait for it. So I don't really want to ruin the surprise by Uh, dropping his name. (laughs) Well, but it would make a... It would make a lot of people listen to the podcast, though. Maybe you should think about it. <laughs> yeah, if we if we, we don't get to share it, we'll just watch everything on Netflix. And if we see an actor with a certain glow in his eye, maybe that was he the guy. Sh- <laughs> Having celebrity clientele and designing pieces for them and for award shows alike has been nothing short of amazing. Lark and Barry pieces in general have been worn by stars like Regina King, Kylie Minogue, and Helen Mirren. I've seen firsthand how excited our founder Laura Chavez was to see these dazzling designs featured at the Amphars, the Met Gala, the Oscars, Tonys, and Golden Globes. These short three years of Larkinberry's disrupting Diamond's existence have been really thrilling. And again, whether it's a star or a private customer, I just can't get enough of this process. Emily really takes everything about you and uses it as inspiration. Yeah, so many steps. Such an intricate process. What what would you say is the most memorable piece you've done? I mean, probably the favourite's got to be the Supernova Connection, I guess. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, can't get wrong with that one. I mean, so we, yeah, we, we did that in collaboration with Diamond Foundry in, in uh, San Francisco, and, and it was worn by Billy Porter at the 2020 Oscars during the opening ceremony and, and worn by some other people as well. Um, how, yeah, how, how did that all come about? Yeah, that was a really, a really nice one to do. Um, and a really, yeah, it turned out really, really well. I was really happy with it because, again, I because I was working with the Diamond Foundry, obviously that was wonderful because of having the carbon neutral diamonds. And they gave me quite free reign and just sort of said, right, this is what's available. You use what you want. 
put it together how you want. Um, and then obviously I sent them the design to sort of sign off and they, they were really happy with it. Um, but it, we go, actually had, we actually had that made remotely, like, because obviously the stones are in New York. It didn't make sense to ship them to the UK to then ship them back because the piece was going to stay there for a while. Cause obviously Billy Porter wore it at the Oscars as well. Um, so it was quite interesting because I really had to put my trust in one of our, one of the people that we work with closely um, and being such a different piece and having so much movement in it, you know, it had to be really perfect. And it was just making sure we got that movement right. So and the inspiration, it was, I know we've said it's based off of like a celestial supernova. Did you already have the design kind of burning in the back of your mind before the collaboration was put into motion or? I think it came about from speaking with the Diamond Foundry and what we wanted this piece to be. We wanted it to be a showstopper. We wanted it to be something like an explosion and it just kind of naturally progressed that a supernova as the inspiration really worked with it because we wanted something big um, and, you know, very vibrant and movable. The image of a supernova just sort of came to me and that's, it went from there. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was, it was really big and really, really stood out. I mean, I remember rounding up the newspapers the next day, the New York Times and the LA Times, you could see it really clearly. It was huge, huge on his chest as he's saying that Elton John song. Yeah, it looked really good, didn't it? And again, yeah. like... The movement with it was was really wonderful. So yeah, I couldn't have been happier. I want to thank Emily and Svet for taking time out of our store's busy reopening to speak with me. If you're in London, you can book an appointment to see them in store, to start designing your dream jewelry piece, or anywhere you are, you can collaborate with Lark and Barry from The Safety of Home by booking a virtual appointment. Just go to our website. You'll see the links. Lark and Barry wants everyone to learn more about Culture Diamonds, the more environmentally responsible option in diamonds. We want everyone to know that you have a choice now in buying luxury jewelry and that there is only one choice that's truly sustainable for the future, and that's culture jewelry, whether it's diamonds, emeralds, or sapphires. Subscribe to The Diamond Disruptor on your chosen platform for podcasts, and please rate and review us. Go to larkandberry.com to shop and follow Lark and Barry on social media at Lark and Barry. <laughs>